What's up, everybody, and welcome to the show. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to talk to you guys about Ready Nutrition. So, Ready Nutrition is for athletes who love to outwork the odds. They're a sports nutrition brand that not only has great products, but more importantly, has a great message. And that is why I'm super grateful to be working with them. Anyone that knows me knows that I am very particular about what I put into my body. I want minimal ingredients, no sugar, all natural and high protein foods that help fuel my workouts and my day. And Ready Nutrition is exactly that. They have a full line of supplements like protein powder, protein bars, protein puffs, and my personal favorite, their protein water. The Ready Protein Water is one of the most unique items I've ever seen. There is no sugar, 1 gram of carbs, 0 grams of fat, and 15 grams of protein per bottle. They are an amazing pre- or post-workout drink or just whenever you need a snack with an extra protein. And they taste amazing. Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I spend a lot of time in the gym on a day-to-day basis. I don't always have time to grab you know, something to eat, whether that's a meal or whether that's even a bar. You know, so just being able to have these protein waters on hand and be able to drink them throughout the workout and throughout my day, it really, really helps fuel me and helps me bring that energy that I know the players I'm working with need and feed off of. I want, I, I, whenever I work with a brand, I want to make sure that I believe in not only what they offer in terms of products, but more importantly, the values they hold and the message they try to send. Hard work conquers all, and it's not about where you start, it's about where you finish. So today I'm very happy to announce that I have a special offer for all my listeners. If you go to teamready.com, that's teamready, T-E-A-M-R-E-A-D-Y.com, and use the referral code ANTHONYP20, that's going to save you 20% off your entire first order. And then once you guys go back, because I know... Once you try the product, you're going to be hooked on the product. You're going to be hooked on the brand, hooked on the message. Each time you guys order from TeamReady.com, use the referral code ANTHONYP20. And that just will help them understand that I sent you. That'll be you guys supporting me, and that'll help me out a ton. So I really, really appreciate you know your guys' support. Um, I, I can't recommend this product enough. If you guys try it, I'd love to know what you think. You know, let me know on all social media uh, how you guys enjoy it. Um, my personal favorites of the protein water would probably be, you know, the cotton candy grape, the orange mango. They also have a a line of energy protein water. So there's energy, uh, all natural energy, built in, 125 milligrams per bottle, and that is another thing that I drink a lot as I'm going gym to gym or workout to workout. Again, if I don't have that that luxury of being able to sit down and have a meal. So I appreciate you guys and your support. Like I said, head to teamready.com and try the products. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. All right, we're live. We're going. All right, so what's up, everybody? Welcome back. So today I got Vito Penza, one of of my best friends. I mean, I'm fortunate enough to call him one of my best friends, but – also, you know, former, um, you know, player, football player at Dartmouth, and now he's actually in law school. Um, I'm kind of going to give you the floor, though, Vito. I kind of want you to explain kind of your background and your journey in terms of athletics, but now, you know, even moving forward, because, like, I really want to make this, you know, this episode and this podcast a lot about, like, for athletes in terms of mindset and things like that, because I feel like that's kind of where me and you 
are, are really, really relatable. And I think that's one of the main reasons why we're such good friends is because we think the same. You know, and I know last time I saw you, it was at, it was at the gym, and I wish we would have had the mics that day because I remember we were standing there. We had literally a 45-minute conversation, and it was like I left, and I was like, wow. Like I was, I felt truly inspired by it, and, and that's why I'm like, man, I got to get you on. And I know schedules have been crazy and stuff, but so go ahead and just kind of, like I said, let people briefly just kind of your journey in terms of you know like being younger, high school, and obviously your sport was football, w- which is a different perspective. But that's kind of what this podcast is about. You know, I don't want it to be all about basketball. I want it to be about you know how to improve mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, all that. You know, so go ahead and, and I'll kind of give you the floor to let you do your thing. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it seems like yesterday we were at Creekside. Uh, what seemed to be a five-minute conversation turned into about 45 minutes an hour of just talking about what's been going on. And over the years, we've stayed close, even though we haven't been uh, geographically uh, in the same location. But so, yeah, my background, uh, we obviously grew up together, played sports, I think. Uh, our relationship started in the fourth grade playing football, mm-hmm. uh, transitioned into basketball, had a couple of championship seasons with, with you playing basketball. Um, didn't go to high school together, but we remained close through the years. Uh, ended up uh, playing multi-sports. I played basketball, baseball, and football. So we obviously had basketball in common, but then I focused on football. Uh, like you said, I went to Dartmouth College, uh, played there five years. Um, I guess uh, that's a good segue um, into, I guess, what led me to law school. I suffered some injuries at college, and uh, I think that's something that you've probably talked about on the podcast and where a lot of people struggle with. And uh, that's what's um, brought us really close and um, yeah. We have so much in common as far as just overcoming adversities. Um, I mean, for you, it was always size. Um, I, and I know that's something that you always talked about, but then, tr- but using that to your advantage of always being the hardest worker. And then um, for me, it's obviously been just trying to be the hardest worker. I think growing up, in the same area and being from Youngstown and just having the coaching both of us had, I think, um, and we've talked about it before has really led us to, it, it gives a great platform to be a, to be a, an athlete first, but a better person. Second. And we've always been pushed, um, no matter what sport we played. And I think a lot of it too, is who you're surrounding yourself with. Um, as far as, fellow teammates too, to be able to uh, be committed to each other and to push each other. And I think our friend's school has done the same thing as we've always supported each other, um, regardless of where we went, where we went to schools, what sports we were playing. Um, and I think that's, that says a lot about how we were brought up, um, the programs that we were in, the traditions and, uh, the legacies that we wanted to live in those various things. But, um, yeah, so I graduated uh, from Dartmouth last year after playing my redshirt senior season. And then uh, I enrolled in summer classes down at Ave Maria School of Law in Naples, Florida, where I um, aspire um, to get my law degree. But uh, like, like Anthony, um, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. 
Um, I own uh, multiple businesses. And what, I, what I'm really looking to do is just get my law degree to help me um, with business negotiations and to open up doors for me. And uh, obviously, just, just like Anthony, take on um, different business ventures and opportunities as they present themselves. And uh, however I can uh, positively impact people in various ways, I think that's, that's what's, uh, what really led me to go to law school and just give me that platform to do so. Yeah, yeah. And, so that's and, a, that's and, a little bit where I come from. Yeah, and, and and real quick, kind of just you know speaking about how you were talking about you were injured, and, and you know I definitely want to talk to you about you know how you overcame that adversity. But I do want to make a point that this man used to come to the gym with a cast on and a big knee brace on from when he <laughs> would you, you broke your hand right and you tore your ACL right? Yeah, so it's it's actually a funny story. <laughs> uh, going into my senior year, the last day of uh, spring practice, we were in a special teams drill, one that I probably shouldn't have been in, but just being a competitor, I wanted to go in and, uh, one play I, uh, go, go to hit somebody. I feel a pop in my hand. The guy next to me said, Oh, that didn't really feel too good. <laughs> I think I broke something, but I shook it off. And then my rep comes up again. I, you know, wasn't feeling too good, but I figured, you know, one more, one more rep, one more rep, and then I'll be done. I go to plant. My leg pops. I tore my ACL. Now, um, now, 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 let, now, now, let me stop you right there. I, now, I, I, not to interrupt it. So, like, what is obviously in that heat of the moment? You're probably mad. Maybe you're not even. Maybe you don't feel like you're hurt. But what was going through your mind? Because, like you mentioned, that's your senior year. You know, and I know we talked a lot about you having aspirations of going to the NFL. I mean, like, if anyone doesn't understand, Vito was a very, very good football player. <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I'm not just saying that because you're my friend. I'm being, I'm being honest. You know, and so in in that moment when you get hurt, and, and then maybe not in the moment when it happened, but in the moment you found out you're gonna miss that year, you got to go through rehab, you got to do all that. What was going through your mind? Because you talk about adversity. If that's not adversity, you know, as far in terms of sports, I, I'm not sure what is. So, what was going through your mind then? So when it when it initially happened, um, I knew something was wrong instantly. It was the the only time I've ever laid on the ground and not be able to get up. And, uh, you know, the whole time in, in the period in between when it happened and actually getting the results and going back to the training room, um, you know, the whole time trying to keep a positive outlook, uh, you know, praying, you know, just pretty much asking for strength, you know, regardless of the situation. Um, I know injuries are a part of the sport. Obviously it's devastating to, for anybody to to get the news that you know your season is done, especially going into your senior year where you're you know looking to you know emerge as a leader and a, you know um, you know a big role in the offense like that. But you know when you get the news, you you have two choices. You know you could either you know take it and just let it defeat you, um, or you can you know get the news and just look at all the positive aspects that go into it you know you can say all right you know this is time 
this is, you know, what's supposed to happen. Everything happens for a reason. You know, I can take this time. I'll come back stronger. Um, you know, it'll give me time to really focus on the things that I need. You know, because in situations like that, you're you're not in control. And I think that's so hard for, you know, especially athletes alone, you know, especially athletes, but everybody is, you know, we always feel like we're in control. And when we're not in control, then, you know, we start breaking down. But in moments like that, you pretty much have to give yourself up and just say, you know, as a man of faith and um, like you talk about, uh, you know, overcoming adversity, you have to be able to look past that, that, uh, you know, the defeat aspect and the failure aspect and say, you know, I'm going to come out of this stronger than, than how I came into the situation. And I think I, I tried taking that <clears throat> approach going through it. And it's actually funny because, you know, I got my results. I was very upset, you know, and then two day, a couple of days later, you know, I'm, I'm smiling. I'm, you know, trying to turn back to my, uh, like normal self. And, you know, some of, some of my teammates would come up to me and say, you know, well, I, I thought you, you know, I thought you got hurt. I thought you tore, um, tore your ACL. I, was, I did like, Oh, like, you didn't really seem like it's like, yeah, because, you know, I'm taking the approach of, you know, whatever happens, I'm a, I'm a come up on top. And injuries are a lot more mental than, than physical. And I think it's not, you don't fully understand that or appreciate that until you go through it. And I think anybody that goes through it will tell you that it is more mental. And then fast forward a year, you know, after my rehab, you know, I was having problems with my rehab. It was going slow. You know, a full year goes by. Same thing. One one day apart from a year exactly to the date. Same thing. Last rep in practice. Go through a drill. Tear it again. And I think that's what that's what really hit me was because you're starting to really feel like you put in the hours, you put in the work. You know, you're almost there getting back to doing what you love, playing sports, you know, feeling good. And then that same thing, you know, control gets ripped right from out from under you. And that's when I, I, you know, it really hit me was, you know, because so many times you could say, well, why me or why this or why situations happy? And, you know, people thought it was a joke when I, when I, uh, broke my my hand and had a cast on and I tore my ACL. <laughs> and wild. I mean people we like to say uh Halloween came a little early that year. I was playing dress up. <laughs> <laughs> hey and listen but, and listen, like you have to take in consideration this. Like I said, I found this out by seeing him not out to eat, not at his house, not at my house, at the gym. Like, truly, he was crutching around the gym. And I was like, Vito, what are you going to do? Like, you, you can't really do anything with your hands because you currently have a cast on. You obviously can't do anything with your legs. And I remember you telling me, you showed me your phone, and you were, you were telling me, I got some stuff that I'm going to try to do. You know, I got I to move. I got to get out of the house. And I'm thinking, right then and there, I was like, all right, 
you know, th- th- this guy, this is why I love this dude. You know, this is why we're so relatable because you're just like me in terms of work ethic. We, no one can like slow us down, you know, and that's a blessing and a curse. I think at least the West way I look at it, because there is days where it's like, okay, pump your brakes, you know, relax in your case. I mean, that's a great example to sit on the couch. You know, th- th- if that's not the universe telling you veto, chill, you know, relax a little bit. And, and you're still taking that approach. And that's what I think about all the time. Cause there's days it's like, man, my legs are kind of tired, you know, and the average person is going to go, all right, today's a rest day or all right, I'm not going to do this today. But people like me and you, we don't, we don't know that, you know, like we go on vacation, we wake up, we work out, you know, we're doing this, we're working out, you know, and, and that's not to brag by any means, but that's just to say that, for whatever reason, you're the closest person I know that is wired, you know, di- like me, that's wired differently. And I, I, people ask me all the time, you know, how do you do this? How do you do that? How do you eat healthy? How do you stay disciplined? How do you do this? And I'm like, I truly don't know. You know, if I could bottle it up and give it to other people, I think it'd be unreal. You know, I really do. And that's kind of why I'm trying to, to learn how to kind of harness it better, I guess. But it's just kind of the way I was born that the idea of being average scares me to hell. You know, it really does. It scares me to death being like everyone else. And I know that's what we talked about. That was part of our conversation at the gym was we both have like entrepreneur mindsets. You know, like neither one of us grew up going, okay, you know, we're going to grow up. We're going to work a nine to five. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. It was always, we're probably going to have our own business. You know, we were saying stuff like this, like in the sixth grade. And people are looking at us like, you're going to have your own business? Like, you're not even in high school yet. But, like, that was our mindset. And and I don't really understand, you know, I I guess it's hard for me to understand how people think that's weird because that's just how we are. You know what I mean? Because the amount of times that people will even tell me, and I'm sure you hear it all the time, like, man, you're odd. You're weird. You know, you do weird things. You do weird things. You have weird habits. You know, your, your routine yeah. is weird. And, and, and it's kind of, now it's like a joke. Cause it's, I accept that, you know, I'm a strange guy. I do weird things, but it's, it's all for like the betterment and, and the self-improvement aspect and the mindset. You know, there's so many different ways we could go with mindset. And there's one particular way I, I kind of want to go towards, but real quick, like, what are your thoughts on that in terms of you know, just simply being different and being, I, the best way I describe it is like I just said, you're, we're wired different. You know, me and you aren't like most people. And, and that's the, you could say a lot of things about me. You could say a lot of things about you. One thing you can never say about either one of us is that we're lazy. You know, in anything we do, we're given 110%. I like to say that I'm extremely hardworking and I'm extremely disciplined. Those are two things I hang my hat on, whether that's in in basketball, in life, that's how I was in school, that's just kind of how I was, and that's exactly how you are. So how do you kind of think of that and kind of harness that energy and that, you know, I have to do this, I have to do that, versus just kind of, you know, relaxing? Yeah, I I think it's funny, and, you know, we are different, and a lot of people don't really understand what goes through our minds and what we're thinking. And I think part of it, you know, like I said, was our foundations at a young age of being around the the environments we were and the families we were involved in, the coaches we had. But a lot of it, you know, as you can see, not everybody develops those habits of 
being able to be self-disciplined. You know, a lot, a lot of people can be disciplined in certain times, but not a lot of people can self-motivate and be self, have the self-respect and self-discipline that you and I have to do a lot of things when nobody's watching. And I think that's one thing is we were the never type. We, we always like to work in closed, behind closed doors, you know, and that's just how we were raised. We were, we came up humbled and it was always work harder than everybody else. And I think having, having the work ethic is, is a lost art in today's day and age. And I think a lot of people getting away from that because it's so easy and there are so many distractions to remove that mindset out of people, you know, and people get so comfortable where you and I, we like being in uncomfortable situations. You know, we're not looking for average or normal, you know, neither one of us had the aspirations to grow up and no offense to people that want to, you know, get a degree, get a nine to five work, get a, get know exactly what they're getting paid, have to budget for that. That's, that's not how we are wired. We always wanted to be able to, and, and not even in a financial aspect, but just as a career and a lifestyle, we never wanted to be so concrete in our ways. We always wanted to do whatever we felt like doing when we wanted to do it. And by doing that, we can follow our passions. So I think it is not a lot of people can understand you know, why we wake up at four o'clock, five o'clock, you know, when I was in Boston, I'd wake up at four o'clock, walk an hour in the snow. When I was rehabbing my ACL, walk another hour to work, come home, go to the gym, you know, that would sound crazy to people. But for me, that's, that's more normal than waking up at eight, going to work, you know, getting a paycheck, things like that. But so I think it is definitely different that a lot of people don't really can understand it. And a lot of it is because a lot of people are scared to really reach their, their full potential. And I think that's one thing that's always inspired and motivated, motivated us because, you know, the, the, the idea of losing or being average, you know, stuck with us our whole life. We always want to achieve something greater. We were two people that set goals for ourselves and to reach those. And when we were young, you know, a lot of people would say, you know, those goals are unrealistic or impossible. Whereas, you know, regardless, I don't think anything's, you know, unachievable. If you believe it, if you can believe it, you can achieve it. You know, whether you think you can or can't, you're right. You know, I'd rather set my bar here and get here rather than set it lower and meet it, you know, and that's one thing that we've always pushed ourselves, whether or not we actually get there, you know, we're always striving for it. And, and I think that is a lot more inspiring. You know, I'd rather, I'd much rather wake up, you know, and I'd be chasing something rather than just, you know, be inspired and just sit there and be complacent. So I, I think it's not, I don't think everybody has that mindset or can have that mindset. I think it definitely takes strange individuals and weird individuals like us to be different. And it is a wiring that 
you can't really describe it, but I, I would definitely say that a lot of people can see it and respect it. And that's what's helped us achieve a lot of our success just in, just in our early years of our lives. Yeah. And, 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 and let me, so let me ask you this. Let me ask you a question. So when you were talking, I started thinking of a couple of things. So if I'm, if I'm a player right now, or if I'm a coach, if I'm anybody and I'm thinking to myself, wow, you know, I need to change my work ethic. I need to change my habits. You know, maybe I'm, I'm lazy. Maybe I'm not doing what I need to be doing. Maybe I need not, you know, maybe I'm not doing what I need um, to be doing enough of this, enough of that. What are some things you could do? Again, I don't ever say wake up at 4 a.m. and, you know, do this. You know, that's extreme. What are some small steps that people could take to maybe develop a better work ethic? Maybe if you want to get more things done, you know, maybe wake up earlier. What would your advice be to them, whether they're players, coaches, just people? You know, I have a pretty wide audience in terms of who listens, and, and, I, and I think that something like this and a conversation like this really could help. I, so that's kind of what I want to ask you first before we take that, that down that rabbit hole of that, um, that mindset thing that I, would, I definitely want to talk to you about. So what are some things people could do to change their habits? I know habits, there's that quote that says it takes X amount of days to, you know, create a change or change a habit. I think it's like 28 or 29 or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. But so, so, so what do you got? What's on your mind when I ask you something like that? Um, so I think it's multifaceted. Um, there's a lot that goes into it, but you can definitely make a lot of minor changes. I think like I touched on earlier in this day and age, there are so many distractions so I think the first thing is you have to limit distractions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'll actually reverse that also. Take, take that back. I, don't, I wouldn't put that as number one. First of all, you have to figure out who you are and what you want. Around that will give you a more um, sure path of how you want to get there. You know, because, you know, I like the saying, you know, fail to plan, plan to fail. If you don't have a plan of what you're going to do, there's no way of measuring how close you're getting to that goal. And, and a pl- oh, a plan is, you know, and, and there's also a saying everyone has a plan until they get hit. Mm-hmm. So you can have a plan and you can deviate from the plan and either get good results or bad results. You have to be able to be um, versatile and overcome those, those certain changes. But I think a lot of it is being able to be the strange or weird person or to really have thick in of, you know, if you're doing something to better yourself, I wouldn't let anybody be able to say anything about that. You know, take criticism and use and use it in a positive way as fuel to motivate you more. Um the one thing I did, um, I was fortunate enough to have a lot of mentors growing up, you know, athletes, businessmen, you know, people in the church, teachers, you know, my friends, parents, be able, being able, and for me, I, I always related to, you know, athletes that were maybe six years older than I was, you know, my brother's age, being able to, to see their work, their work ethic and work habits. Look at successful people and see what they're doing. Because if you can take 
maybe one or two things that they're doing and implement them into what you've already been doing, you're already that much further ahead than what you were doing. So if you can, if you can limit distractions, you know, limit negative, um, you know, if, if you want to change your, your lifestyle or whatever, you know, start by eating a little healthier. It's, it's not, it's not hard, you know, it's simple, but it can be difficult if you let it. But if, if you're passionate enough, then you won't realize it's what you're doing. You'll, it's just, it becomes part of you, you know, morning people, people, people that say they aren't morning people. No one is just born being an, a morning person. Fact. But now if you ask somebody, if now, if you ask somebody, you know, how do you work so much? How do you get so much done? I guarantee you, they say they wake up early. They get more things done. You know, just by waking up two hours earlier every day, you're getting 14 hours, everybody else. So a lot of it's separation from, from other people. And I, I don't think you should ever, um, compare yourself to other people but you can always find little things to get an advantage. And I think that's just part of like being um, a strategist and a competitor. You're always looking for an advantage. If somebody's doing something, you're going to do that plus something else. You know, you can never just do the minimum. Doing the minimum will only get you the minimum results. And I think a lot of, a lot of, a lot of athletes, no, 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 not to cut you off, but it just why it's fresh in my mind. You brought up a really, really good point. The idea of not being afraid to be different. That to me is like bookmark that. It, everybody listen, bookmark that because that it, to me is like that mindset shift and that game changer. You know, it hit me. I was powerful because it was at the point where it was like, you know what? You're right. You're not like everyone else. So stop trying to be and be yourself because you trying to act like someone you're not is actually making you more miserable than just being who you are. You know, I'm, I'm not a, I don't go out. I don't do those things. I don't party. I don't drink. And that's okay. You know, a lot of people laugh. They're like, man, you wasted your college years and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, man, I was trying to build a business in college. <laughs> you know, I didn't have time to go out. I was getting my degree. You know, I, I had my, my priorities were different. No, I, I mean, you, you bring up, I think it's, it's underestimated how much it takes. And I think a lot of that is sacrifice in order to, you're going to have to make sacrifices, whether you like it or not. And a lot of the sacrifices are going to come at the expense of others. And that's not being selfish. That's being self-interested. You know, it's okay to say no to distractions. If you're, you know, anything you do to better yourself is a positive. So it's staying in to read a book, watch podcast, watch film. If you're an athlete, if you just want to relax and meditate, if you don't want to do something that's going to, that you feel isn't um, in line with your vision or your path, it's perfectly okay to say no and to, and to remain who you are. So much of it is we're pulled in different directions with people that don't have the same vision. 
And I think it's very difficult, especially at a young age, you know, going through high school, you know, everybody wants to hang out. They don't really, they don't really know what they're doing. Some people don't have ambitions or dreams, you know, and then there are, you know, people like us were, you know, we were trying to play at the next level. We were working on businesses. We were trying to get better by ourselves. And a lot of that does come with sacrifice and being able to say no and just knowing what you're doing will far surpass the the temporary pleasure that you would have received in that moment. You know, just by you saying no, you know, and fulfilling the plan you set out will will far surpass anything. And I think that's what's very powerful. Um, you know, and when you do realize that it is self gratifying and it will, you, you will almost get a mental high of, you know, when, when you, like you said, you know, when you finally bought into the idea of, I don't care what anybody else thinks I'm going to do me, you'll become so much of a stronger person that it'll become second nature and you'll just be so much more confident in yourself and be able to limit distractions and any of the negativity and the hate that you get um, towards yourself. And as an athlete, you're always surrounded by that, but even, you know, business owners, people that want to just achieve certain different um, achievements that they want, you know, whether it be lose weight, whether it become, you know, they're some type of degree, whether they're going to make so much money, anything, anything that it is, you're going to have to make sacrifices along the way. Yeah. I, I love that. Cause that's sacrifices. That, that's the name of the game, but moving forward, this is what I want to get to. So that idea between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset, I know that I would, that was part of what we talked about in our conversation. Again, I, I swear to God, I wish we had mics that day. Um, but I obviously was a psychology major, so I, I studied a lot of psychology, specifically sports. So I studied that a lot. And, and there's actually a really, really good book. You know, it's called Mindset by uh, Carol, Carol Dweck, I believe is her name. Definitely, if you're interested, she does a really good job of laying it out. So in a nutshell, what those mindsets are, fixed mindset are people that believe you're born the way you are. You know, so if you're born a bad basketball player, no matter what you do, you cannot become a better basketball player. You know, you're, you are what you are. If you're born with an, you know, an average IQ, you could never get smarter. You know, whatever it is, the idea that you're born the way you are and you could never change. Now, the growth mindset is that idea of you're born in a certain way, but you can get better at things the more you work at them, the more time you put into them, you know, different things like that. And I think it's safe to say that we're both, you know, growth mindset people. But what are your thoughts on that? Obviously, you know, I don't expect you to give me a full scientific breakdown of it, but I think that's really applicable for any athlete that's listening because that idea of... Maybe I hit my ceiling. You know, maybe I can't get any better. You know, I feel like I'm kind of at a plateau right now. And again, whether that's in basketball, football, in the weight room, you know, in your diet, whatever it is in your life, in school, it doesn't matter. You know, we're speaking broadly here. But what, what's your kind of take on that and, and what do you think about it? And also, if an athlete is stuck in the fixed mindset, what could they do to switch gears and try to get to that growth mindset? 
Well, I think anytime you start with the finality and when you say I've already meet the end or I can't do something, you're already defeated. It's the end in, in anything. So for somebody to say that they are the way they are, they've, they've are, they're not giving themselves a chance. Whether it's true or not, they've they already lost. They're out of the race. So that, I think, a fixed mindset is very, very, I think it, it stops there. Mm-hmm. It's short. I don't know if, I, to me, I don't think, I think there are people that think that way, and I think that's the wrong way to look at things. A growth mindset like I said, you're already giving yourself a chance. So, you know, there are truths that, you know, some people, you know, you, some people will plateau or will get to the final destination. Um, some people are constantly seeking perfection. I think, you know, there are different degrees within a growth mindset. I think as long as it's for, your goal is to get better on your terms. I think that's perfectly okay. If you're trying to grow into somebody who it's, you never want to change who you are. You want to better yourself. So it's not so much, you know, I want to be like this person or I want to be like that person. It's, I want to take myself and be better. So the growth mindset I think is, um, you have to look a lot more within yourself to see who you are and, and who you want to become and how you want to, and how you want to get there. So I think a lot of it is more a, of a journey pace. Um, but, but I think I, I've always been a, a firm believer of, you know, if you want something, you can go get it. Um, you know, if you, you know, everything starts with your mind, your mind controls what your body does. So if you have positive thoughts, you know, positive things are going to happen to you. If you have negative thoughts, negative things are going to happen to you. Um, it's not so much, you know, you know, I think that weeds aren't going to grow in my garden, so they're not going to grow. No, that doesn't happen. But, you know, hey, I want to get better. I think I can get better. Now you have to take action. Two, action, action is what creates the results that you want to get. It can't just be a thought process where a lot of people get stuck is, you know, a lot of people can get motivated. A lot of people can watch a three minute clip, a five minute clip. They can hear somebody say something, you know, and get say, wow, man, this is my year. You know, look at everybody. First of the year has New Year's resolutions. By February or March, they won't even remember what their New Year's resolution was. So I think a lot of people give up on, on those way too early. And I think that's the society, whereas everybody wants results right now. And they're not willing to put in the work over time, be patient and persistent to get the results. And I think that's where, where, where we think in common Allah is, you know, we don't see problems, we see solutions, and we're always going to work to get there. It might not happen overnight, but if you're constantly striving to be better, um, you know, to have a more open mind, to be able to achieve certain things, 
you're at least giving yourself a chance and, it, and it's a lot, I think it's a lot better way to live because you're inspired to do it and it motivates you and you can actually, you know, put faith in it. That's a lot of what faith is, you know, the unknown, seeing the unknown, believing the unknown. So to be able to say, I can do something, I will do something, you know, instead of saying, I can't do it, say, you know, how can I do it? And it's all about shifting your words around because like I said, your mind is the computer that writes the code for your body. So you always want to be putting in positive codes, surround yourself with positive people who think, you know, positively little things like that will transform your way of thinking and at least give you a chance. Yeah. And, and, and right there, when you're talking about what you say to yourself, you know, psychology, you know, that, that's looked at as a positive self-talk, you know, people don't really understand how powerful your words are to yourself. You know, I, and I, I forget, I was talking to someone the other day and they're like, you know, you're really inspiring and motivating to other people, but you're really hard on yourself. And that kind of hit me like a ton of bricks because I'm thinking, that's so right. You know, I, I could really, really try to, or at least I think so. I think I'm doing it. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm, you know, being big-headed. But I think that I am able to to get the best out of people. You know, I think that, that that's one of my gifts that God gave me. I think I'm able to use past experience, use words, you know, use things, tools, I guess we could call them, to get people, you know, going and working hard and things like that. And then there's days that I'm hard on myself. And it's kind of like, if you're going to go and, you know, uplift that person when maybe they're in the workout, they're missing a ton of shots, and you're like, it's okay, and you're clapping, you're good, keep shooting, keep shooting. And then you make a mistake in your life, and you're like, what's the matter with you? And you're real mad at yourself. Isn't that kind of, you know, contradicting? You know, it's kind of like, you should be, you know, you got to be hard on yourself, I believe, to an extent, if you want to get the best out of yourself. If you want to achieve something great, you have to have a certain standard for yourself. But where does that line go? You know, how far does that go? I could honestly say right now, I've never looked at myself and thought, man, good job. You know, you know, you did a, you did a good job today and pat myself on the back. No, there's days that I've looked at myself and thought you're in the right direction. You know, you're going, you're, you're, you're moving forward. You know, you've done some good things. You're, you're going to continue to progress forward, but there's never been days where I've been content and I'm not saying you should be, but there are those times where I think you should kind of reflect because I was talking to someone about that the other day too, about that idea of reflection and in the heat of the moment, when you're doing these things, you're not really thinking anything of it. Then you could look back and go, man, you know, we did that. You know, I did that. That, 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 that was a heck of a thing. And in the heat of the moment, you weren't appreciating that because you weren't reflecting on it. And then lastly, back to the idea of the words, something that Ed Milet, I'm sure you're familiar with him. He's a big time entrepreneur. Um, he's like one of the richest guys in the world. And I, I love his social media and one thing he always says is, I don't have to do something, I get to do something. And that, to me, is so powerful. Because there's days that, again, I wake up, whether I got to go to the gym and work out, or whether I got to go do something for one of my players, or whether I have a workout, you know, whether I'm going to spend 10 hours in the gym. It's not, oh man, I have to go to the gym today. It's, I get to go to the gym today. I don't have to go see my grandparents. I get to go see my grandparents. You know, that small little shift in the way you talk to yourself makes a ginormous difference because think about that you, you could use that situation in anything if you flip i have to versus i get to 
that's like a night and day response to yourself. You know, if, if you know what I mean. So that's just something you, when you were talking about how important it is to talk to yourself positively and surround yourself with positive people, that is so, so true. Yeah, I think just going off that and then I'll, I'll, uh, I'll touch on, um, you know, being hard on yourself. But I think a lot of it is, you know, you learn, you know, the appreciation of it and, you know, and then transitioning into, you know, being hard on yourself is, you know, a lot of people aren't, aren't surrounded by as many mentors or don't have facilities, don't have people to guide them. And you really have to be humbled and you really have to, you know, appreciate that and know that, you know, and don't take it for granted. So I think, I think, you know, when you change that self-talk and, you know, it pushes you, it pushes you to do more, you know, for people that helped you out. It pushes you to do more for yourself, you know, self-fulfillment. But I think it's just, you know, not wasting opportunities given to you. You know, nothing is worse than, you know, giving, you know, talent or, you know, wasted talent, wasted ability, you know, wasting people's time and energy, you know, and that's something that we developed at a very young age because of the the programs we were within purely based off of sports and how we were coached, you know, and and we were always coached, you know, probably harder than a lot of people were. I think that's, you know, transitioning into being hard on yourself. And, you know, I, I think for me, at least I know, and I think a lot of athletes know, you have to be your harshest critic. You know, you, no one else, um, should have to motivate you. No one else should have to, you know, tell you that you're being lazy. You know, you have to be able to look inside yourself and say, you know, I can do more. I should be doing more. Like people depend on me. My teammates are counting on me. My coaches trust me to do what I'm supposed to do. And for me, I I think it varies between people. Some people, you know, can't take it and that's okay they can still be very good athletes they can be very good businessmen some people can't take criticism for me i've always been the type you know if somebody tells me good job i'd rather somebody coach me and tell me pick out everything that i did wrong than tell me good job because to me that's not you're not learning anything that to me that that doesn't motivate you to get better it doesn't um force you to really look inside yourself and say I can do more I should be doing more people are counting on me I think that's something that you know I've always been told you know don't waste your opportunities you know you have a to to whom much was given much is uh, you know to to whom much is given you know much is expected of you so you you know don't don't fail other people don't let other people down and I think that's, that's something that's always, uh, that's probably my biggest motivator is not letting people down. And I think, you know, if you take it a step too far, you say, you know, where do you draw the line? And, you know, not, in, you know, in sports, you can't win every time. You know, a loss will teach you a lot more than wins will yep. because you'll realize all the little things, you know, that led you to that. And, you know, so it's, that's just a constant, you know, idea or 
something that fuels me is not letting people down. Don't waste the opportunities that were given to me and making the most of it because, you know, in this day and age, you know, in this society, especially with this virus going on, I think, you know, a lot of people look at this virus as, you know, how terrible it is. You know, it is tragic. It's, you know, a, a, a virus that's going on taking lives, but, you know, people should really be figuring out who they are and be, and being appreciative of that, you know, and making the most of the time given to them. I love that. I, I love that. Uh, I think it's because, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, everybody knows that the athletes, you know, that grew up in the town had tremendous talent and then wasted it all. You know, that's, it's, it happens everywhere because people just aren't disciplined. They don't follow the guidance, you know, from people that they should be listening to. And, and for me, I, I wouldn't want to put blame on anyone else. It's them who it's life's all about choices. You know, you either make good choices or you make bad choices and good choices will always lead you to one place and negative bad choices will always lead you in the wrong direction. And you can look at that microscopically, macroscopic, you know, whatever, however you want to say it. It's all about choices and you on your own, you know, you make the decisions. Don't let anybody else do it. So I think, you know, being a harsh critic is okay. You know, it's all about, especially with you coaching. I know, you know, you, you know that you have to coach everybody a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Not everyone can be coached the same way. You see it everywhere. Some coaches have certain coaching philosophies. Others don't. Some people prosper in them. You know, Bill Belichick is a great example. Not a lot of people can play in New England because he has a, a distinct style of coaching, but he's successful. Other guys, they have different philosophies and win. So there's no right or wrong, but it's, it's really figuring out what it is you are to be able to maximize your potential. Yep. I, and, and I couldn't agree with that more. And, and that just kind of goes to show though, how we were coached, you know, there were days that there, that we played on teams, even at a young age where, you know, there was a player, a teammate that we could have had that maybe they were better if you screamed at him, you know, if you got on him. Then maybe there was players that don't scream at him because if you scream at him, he's going to go in a shell, you know, and then he's going to play worse. You know, so that idea of getting to know your player and, and, and not a one size fits all is something that I know I take a lot of pride in. That's why when I want to work with players, especially individually, I really get to know them and get to know, you know, what makes them tick. And that's one of the main things that I think me and you share is we're both, like you said, we're both our harshest critic, but there's that line where it gets, like I said earlier, it gets like, that. okay, that's ridiculous, you know, dial it back. But I'd rather, like you said, at the end of games, people would come to me, hey, you know, good game, good game. And I'm thinking about the two free throws I missed. You know, and I'm sure you're thinking of the, you know, maybe the one touchdown you got tripped up on that you could have had, you know, or maybe some extra yards you could have got. And again, goes back to our original conversation point. That's just the way we think. You know, we're not saying there's anything wrong with, you know, saying thank you when someone says good game. That, that, that's not the point. The point is, is just that mindset that we have and why I wanted to get you on because I wanted to kind of be able to express it the best way we can. 
you know, versus just telling people, yeah, you know, I'm really disciplined. I work really hard. Like that, that is, that's not even the tip of the iceberg with, with how we both think. And, and that's why, like I said, I wanted to get you on. So I got one more question for you, something I always like to end with and something I really like to hear the answers, you know, of different people. So what, what is one non-negotiable thing that you do every day? You know, maybe a habit or a routine, just something that you have to get done every day, before, you know, when you wake up, before you go to bed at night. It could be big, could be small, anything like that, because I think we all have them, whether they're conscious or not. You know, maybe you do things and you don't even think about doing it, but you're doing it every day. You know what I mean? So, so what's your one thing? Uh, I think it depends on the day, and it depends on what I'm trying to get accomplished. I think every day I have, I want to achieve something. There's always an objective. So, you know, time management is huge. You know, some days the first, you know, I have to go to the gym. Some days I have to eat healthy. Other days I just worked really hard that week. My body's telling me take a rest. Okay, if that's the case, I'm going to the beach, I'm taking a book, and I'm relaxing. Some days it's, you know, I'm hanging out with friends because I just need to clear my mind. You know, I need to have a laugh, whatever it is. So for me, I don't think it's, it's, uh, it's one specific thing, but I'm, I'm always, you know, there are many days where, where I can look back and say, I didn't do anything I wanted to do. You know, I think... If you can look, if you can at the end of the night before you go to bed, if you can, you know, look back and say, okay, that was a good thing that I did today. I think it was a positive day. Um, so it's, I, I think, you know, there are probably small habits I have subconsciously. You know, for me, always, always thinking about something. I'm always scheming. I'm always thinking about something that I could do differently. You know, but it, it always follows a certain goal, you know, it, whether it be, you know, I need to focus on school or I need to put more focus into the businesses. If I want to, you know, focus on my body, my mind, whatever it is, I think a lot of it's balanced too. So it's really hard to say, I don't think you can do the same thing every day because, you know, you'll, you'll lose sight of what's important and having balance and having the appreciation, um, but I, I know there's one thing I do every day, and that's pray or reflect or do something uh, for mindfulness and faith, um, whether it be go to church or just say a prayer. Um, I know I know that because I pray before I eat. So that that could be my one the one thing I do. I love it. Sure. I love it. All right, before I let you go, social media. I know you're not you're not really a big social media guy. You use it from time to time, but tell people where to follow you because I know you're 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 getting more active on there a little bit. But for anyone that wants to kind of get follow you, you know, maybe follow what you got going on. Drop everything where they could find you. It's just my name, V I T O. P-E-N-Z-A on Twitter and Instagram and uh, Facebook as well. Perfect. Vito, I appreciate you, brother. I, thanks for hopping on. And you already know we'll definitely, we'll definitely talk soon. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks, brother.
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Pew Podcast. If you guys want to know when new episodes come out, head over to the Apple Podcast app, subscribe to the podcast, and while you're there, leave us a review. That would help the podcast grow tremendously, and I'd really appreciate it. Lastly, make sure you guys are following me on all social media. So Twitter, I am at Anthony underscore Pew2. And Instagram, I'm at Anthony Pew2. And that's Pew, P-U-G-H. I appreciate your guys' support, and we'll catch you in the next one.